made it through the wind and the rain and the tropical storm. It wasn't a hurricane as it passed over Charlotte, but welcome to episode 35 of the Bearded Carcast. I am Mike Pacheco, Dave Friedman alongside. You can join the conversation at Bearded Carcast on Twitter, beardedcarcast at outlook.com. And uh, I know... I have no intentions of quitting this carcast halfway through. Right. I, I, I am planning to go through the entire one and maybe even consider doing another Carcast. Oh, really? But but Vontae yeah. Davis, oh he decided yeah. to throw in the towel halfway through at halftime. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that before? I don't know. Does that start a trend? I mean, maybe uh, I should just like walk up out of a Winthrop uh, basketball game. Absolutely. And say, Peace out. <laughs> I mean, just is there anything you can ever imagine in my entire life? I'm not sure I can think of anything. I, I think I was about seven years old, yeah. and I just kind of forgot to go to a tennis lesson, and that ended my tennis career. But, like, what can you think of ever that, like, just halfway through, you're like, I'm good? I mean, I've seen people uh, run marathons and peace out in the middle. That's understandable. Well, the Boston Marathon, there are all those people handing you drinks the entire <laughs> way, and, and inevitably, you're like, you know what? Drinking and watching TV and watching other people run is more amusing than me running. I don't know. Have we ever seen like a pitcher throw like two innings, start a game, walk off the mound, and say, I'm out? I can't think of one. Don't you think you would remember that? Yeah. And here's the thing about Vontae Davis. He was pretty good. First right. round draft pick, couple times a pro bowler. I mean, at one time he was like the the shutdown corner, yeah. and not you know not Darrell Revis, but like right. a very yeah. good player. When he went to Indianapolis, it was like a major upgrade at that position for them. Well, and I know some of the players they talked to, Bills players they talked to after the game thought it was very disrespectful. And uh, after getting your butt kicked in Week One at Baltimore, yeah. he didn't think of it like during the preseason <laughs> after right, that right. game. It I was... mean, he bizarre. But what does that say about the team too, right? Because one of the things he he said in his statement was, you know, he was, why am I laying it on the lot? Like, why am I risking getting hurt? If you leave at halftime of a game and drive home, do you watch the fourth quarter on television? <laughs> Probably not. I think I think once <laughs> listen you've, on the radio on the way no, home. No, I think once you shut it down, I think you're you're listening to Yacht Rock Radio or something <laughs> or, or whatever uh, preferences you. So like. you just quit in the middle of a football game. Now, are you driving home? Are you going to a bar, the casino? Like, what? What do you? You suddenly have found like a lot more right. time on yeah. your hands. Well, I mean, do you just Uber straight to the airport and go home? <laughs> I mean, how does that work? I mean, you would think there are some valuables back at the. Uh, I mean, I don't know what his living situation was. Whether he keeps a permanent home there or whether it's just a. I think we both could bet whether Vontae Davis has a home in Buffalo. Well, I know, but I mean, I don't want to assume. You know, you know what happens when people assume, but I, but I'm, he's probably not there now. <laughs> As we talk about this on Monday, I mean, I, I understand there there are lots and lots of storylines from the NFL this weekend and college football. I want to talk a little bit about the fight today and and maybe get into some other things. But in the big scheme of things, we kind of see football. We see bad penalties called and great comebacks and occasionally ties and yada, yada, yada. I don't think I've ever heard of someone. I mean, no, can you imagine yeah. if they went to a commercial break on the evening news and when they came back, <laughs> the anchor just wasn't sitting there anymore? He quit in the middle of the newscast? I mean, I, I teach a class at Winthrop. Right. Yeah, occasionally someone, you know, 
looks at the syllabus and yeah. decides they don't want to be in the class. Right. But but at halftime, they sit through half the semester right, and then just right. stop coming. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like that. What's the? I can't even think of the, the equivalency. Now, maybe this is starting to become a byproduct of the concussion age, perhaps. But, I but mean, again, I don't know. it's the second game of the year. He didn't do it in the preseason. He didn't do it during game one. Like It took him four preseason yeah. games and a game and a half. Right. I mean, he got on the charter and flew to Baltimore. They got killed. Sometimes you just he know when you're done. He went through practice. <laughs> I don't know. It's either unbelievable yeah. self-awareness or right. just absolutely bizarre. It, well, absolutely bizarre, I think, is definitely the, the category it falls into at this point. Is there any chance during the year? So th- this will move us on to, to the next topic, yeah. which is the situation in Cleveland where Josh Gordon has yeah. been let go. Right. Des Bryant is also a free agent right now. And we'll, we'll get into these guys that are available, whether you'd have interest in them or not. But could there be a case that in the middle of the season, someone needs a corner and Vontae Davis right. comes calling? I guess he's still Bill's property at this point. Well, I think right. He would. they would have to, I think, officially release him release him or put him on the involuntarily retired or retired list or something like that and but then I still think they maintain his rights through the year so yeah. if you wanted him could he be traded if he's not released <laughs> I mean like, I, think, I think it's that's such how that a works. weird situation right. but but moving on to the to the wideouts and what if someone has a great need a contender for a corner in week 6 or 7 they call up Vontae Davis's people. It goes, yeah, you know, he sat out the last six weeks. He might be interesting. Now you call the Bills, and 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 suddenly you can work something out. I mean, this story might not be done, but would you want that guy in your locker room that quit at halftime of game two of the season? Same sort of story, though, for Josh Gordon. Yep. He is an unbelievably talented receiver. He also is never on the field. He's had off-field issues. Yep. If you are a team like the Dallas Cowboys, last night we saw the Cowboys win. They're one and one. The analytics people thought that they should be a lot better than they were last year. They still have a good offensive line. They've got a good running back. They've got a good quarterback. Their defense has kind of surprisingly played well through two games. They're the type of team that would be teetering on a playoff spot, maybe contending. Their wide receiver core might be the worst in the NFL. So they don't bring back the aging Des Bryant. Are you interested in Josh Gordon? Man, Josh Gordon and all those, you know, the off-field issues with the uh, substance abuse stuff. I mean, that's big reason for pause. Uh, you know, and then you look at kind of full circle in a different position group, but, you know, and I know the Panthers are in this boat right now, but what about Eric Reed? I mean, is absolutely. I mean, is he in a, still in a kind of a, well, I wouldn't say, I don't know if he's officially blackballed. I don't know if that's the right term to use, um, but nobody assigned him yet, and he's certainly still within his, you know, his prime. I mean, he's, he's a pro Bowl player at a position that people need, yeah. particularly the Buffalo Bills right now because they just had one walk out at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, it's weird, though, there are just guys available, right? right? Everyone in the league is missing kicks. Like, Cleveland yeah. and Minnesota is, are losing games because their field goal kicker can't make an extra point or a field goal, and, and there's a pro bowl kicker available. Like, I assume he's going to get signed today, but, but bizarre. Well, I mean, you got guys like Dan Bailey, Kai Forbath, right? I mean, guys that – it's interesting that they, they chose this year to – not this year, but you, you – take the kicker position and you think that that's where you can save some money at but then you get in a situation where the game's on the line and you're going to trust somebody who doesn't have the 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 experience or maybe it isn't the right fit i mean uh it's so weird, and I know that like Roger Clemens and Kurt Schilling did it late in the year because they only had so many pitches left in their right. arm. They'd sign it like mid-season and pit pitch the end of the year and then into the playoffs. But like it feels like they're like good players available, whether it be Kaepernick and Reed yeah. or Dan Bailey or Des Bryant. I mean, like I don't think anyone expects Des Bryant to be a number one receiver anymore. Right. But if you watch NFL games, you can see that. The number two and the number three receivers, some teams are very deep. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are really good on the Rams. But there are plenty of teams that the Cowboys don't have a number one receiver, never mind a number two or a number three. It, it, it's hard to imagine that Des Bryant, and maybe he's holding out for too much money, but it's hard to imagine that he couldn't help somebody. Well, and look at what the Panthers did this past weekend. They, they signed Chris Clark at tackle literally last week. Uh, leading up to this game that, uh, on on Sunday that they played uh, against the Falcons. And he I think he signed like maybe on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, and he was the starting left tackle in that game. Right. I think the pushback there is I don't know if there are good unsigned linemen. There are just only so many people in the world that are yeah. that big and that talented. You lose a guy, and the, the options at, on the line are pretty limited. Yeah, interesting. I think to me – Des Bryant is interesting because he's a guy that, while has you know excellent talent, you know he's a guy that's always had kind of the the baggage behind him. Uh, and going back to his rookie year, when he's he, never quit at halftime. No, he's not. Quit if he if he laces, we know of. if he laces him up yeah. before the game and he's healthy throughout the yeah. whole game, he continues to play football. Are you suggesting that he is a two half player? <laughs> I'm suggesting most athletes are two half <laughs> players, except for the very rare one who, who walks off at halftime. <laughs> very strange. I mean, I guess the the only equivalent I could think of. Uh, in baseball would be is if guy starts pitches his five innings and gets shellacked and and I think that but has no happened. one is suggesting right. that he was just getting beat time and time again. No, that's true, that's true. That's true. It's not results oriented. We've right. all seen guys get pulled by well, managers results, and coaches. I would say not results oriented to the outside, but he if if you take his statement at face value, he said that he didn't feel like he could play to the to to the level that he wanted to play at. Yeah. So that's but factor into the decision. However, I think to your point, that's something you probably could have figured out in any of the last six or eight weeks. Or you could have just lasted through the last two or quarters go, yeah. of, of the game and, you know, come to that decision after the game. And, and that's the end of that. Just uh, out there, just something yeah. we don't, we don't, see a lot of. So it's our Bearded Car Cast. We're at the Winthrop Coliseum in Rock Hill where we're told that the basketball schedule will be released yes. very, very soon, which is exciting, but an exciting week of college football, an exciting week of NFL football, much more ahead. And if you want to be a part of the program, follow us on social media at Bearded Car Cast. Send us an email, beardedcarcast at outlook.com.
episode 35 of the Bearded Carcast. I am Mike Pacheco, Dave Friedman alongside. Glad you're joining us. At Bearded Carcast is how you follow along on Twitter and Instagram. Although we haven't Instagrammed in a while. We, we need to, whoever's doing our Instagram account needs to Total pick it up. failure. They quit at half They quit time. half time. Well, they quit after, I think, episode 31, maybe. I think huh. that was the last time. When I, did they start? Uh, like episode 27? Episode 27, yeah. 28. Yeah. So, <laughs> and don't forget, between 27 and 31, there was the episode that didn't actually take place. Right. That's right. That The, the missing episode. Um, now, now, does this become a situation where we need we need to be like Kramer? We need like a bearded car cast intern? Absolutely. You always need an intern. There's always a, use an the, intern. You, you never go to bed at night without <laughs> thinking there's, there's something else that I could have accomplished today. Yeah. If I had an assist, I, that would be a good thing. That's why when you watch a college basketball game there are more people wearing suits than there are in uniform you, you can always chart another statistical category all right so if you're looking for uh, an internship you That's don't want to turn bearded you won't get paid it'll probably cost you money uh, but you'll have a lot of fun and you get to be part of the bearded car now what would be the positives like what would you get out of being an intern for us well, you you'd def- have to deal with us. That's no good. That's no good. You'd have to listen to us rant about right, things. That's right. that's not good. But if you had any kind of talent, you could put together a portfolio of good social media. If you had any type editing. of talent, you'd be the only one of the three <laughs> of us with any sort of talent. But, yeah, yeah. you're right. It, it's a resume builder. Maybe in class on Wednesday, I'll, I'll tell them, I'll tell the students that they, they have a, uh, a career opportunity that yeah. they should not pass up on. Now, the question is, would they be able to come on some of the trips with us? Yeah, would that be an ethical problem if a professor asked their <laughs> students to be their own intern? That somehow seems like a problem. All right, so we got uh, we do have a couple. We have one game tonight with uh, Seattle at Chicago, and I know uh, your picks on record for that. But uh, how else did you do this weekend? Mediocre, mediocre. I mean, I tried, and I think this was the right strategy, but it didn't work out particularly well. I I tried to take teams that didn't look good in week one and play them or teams that looked really good in week one and play against them. And the Bengals were a resounding success on Thursday, but uh, Philly didn't bounce back quite the way that I thought they might. And the Bills, they almost got there on that backdoor cover, but didn't quite make it. So one and two, but again, we're only tracking one game a week. And this week, I've got Seattle tonight on Monday night. I'm a little concerned A couple of players that I thought might suit up didn't travel for the game, but I still think getting the three and a half is a pretty good value. So I'm in on Seattle tonight. And next week, now the spreads are just out, so these are preliminary spreads. I've only reviewed them briefly, but we we need to get one game down, and the Raiders are getting more than a field goal at Miami. I'm going to take Oakland plus three and a half at Miami as my pick to go on the record for week three in the NFL. And that brings up an interesting point, yeah. Mike. The Raiders are 0-2. The Dolphins are 2-0. and yeah. I'm not sure people saw that coming. You look at the list of the unbeaten and the winless teams, there are some surprising names in there. Well, Cincinnati's 2-0, and and maybe that's not a surprise, but it seems like Cincinnati's one of those teams that you know, can play well enough in the regular season, doesn't play so well. I don't think in the people post-season. at the beginning of the year expect no one expected them to be 2-0. 2-0. No, I don't think so. But I, to me, the, the bigger surprise is Miami being 2-0. Um, you look at um, Denver being 2-0. I and mean, even though Case Keenum 
last year had a good year. I don't know that people were so convinced that that was going to carry over to Denver, which looked terrible last year. I mean, he's turnover prone, but there's just something weird. At the end of games, he comes up big, and he he did it again yesterday. Now, the Raiders kind of blew that game, and and bad teams lose tight games. And I don't know if the Raiders are a bad team or not, but I'm surprised at how good Marshawn Lynch has looked. Remember, while the Raiders lost and lost handily, in the opener on Monday night against the Rams. They were very much in that game for three quarters. And then again yesterday against Denver on the road, they were really the better team for a lot of the game. Marshawn Lynch is surprisingly still pretty good. We're seeing the same thing in Tampa Bay where kind of inexcusably Deshaun Jackson is still fast. I, I, I think... I think actually Marshawn Lynch and Deshaun Jackson played together at Cal, so maybe it's in the in the Jeff Tedford uh, it's in the water there. jeans and Tedford now winning at Fresno State. They had a big win at uh, at UCLA on Saturday, but. Those older guys, it's so fashionable to jump on rookies, and you don't want to be an old skill position yeah. player in the NFL. A lot of them just, I mean, I saw Brian Hartline, who played in the NFL not that long ago, is like the wide receivers coach at Ohio State now, and you're like, wow, like he, he was just in the NFL. Like, I think Brian Hartline's career started <laughs> and ended like in between Deshaun Jackson or Marshawn Lynch's career. Of those 0-2 teams, though, I think the Raiders are, are better than a lot of that group and yeah John Gruden it hasn't started the way he envisioned but they've played two very competitive games they probably should be one and one now they're going to Miami who is a surprising 2-0 but a lot of that surprising 2-0 has to do with who they played they played Tennessee in a seven-hour game that Marcus Mariota got hurt in hour Mm -hmm. one of and then they beat the Jets so you know, while Ryan Tannehill's stat line has looked okay, at times he's just missed throws. Yeah. He looked very tentative in the second half, holding on to a 20 to nothing lead yesterday. Whereas Derek Carr for Oakland, very good in the first half against the Rams. Very good yesterday. He's really played three good halves out of four. Unlike Vontae Davis, he's played in all four, so (laughs) so he had that one bad half. But I I think the Raiders as an 0-2 team are are, are not so bad. And and like you said, maybe the Dolphins are a little bit overdone at 2-0. What do you make of Tampa Bay? I mean, right here in in the Panthers division, I don't think anyone saw them winning either of the games. I mean, mean, to win at New Orleans was incredible. They're putting up 40 points a game. And then this week to, to again, to to put that output again, they they are, the the two teams they've beaten would have been two of the five best teams in the NFC going into the year. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, if I said to you in August, August 15th, if I said to you, I don't know why I picked August 15th, but if I said to you on August 15th that, Tampa Bay would be 2-0, and Ryan Fitzpatrick would have 800-plus yards passing, what, eight or nine touchdowns. Uh, he would rock a post-game press conference like a boss. <laughs> he was amazing. Looking like David Hasselhoff and a lumberjack combined. You would have thought I was like Alex Jones in InfoWars. I mean, you would have like <laughs> thrown like tinfoil hats on me. Interesting. And now, and now what sets up for them, though, Dave, is they're going to have a big decision to make because Jameis Winston has three-game suspension, if they come out and they win against Chicago, or if he plays well against Chicago and they lose, 
do you go back to Jameis Winston, which they probably will do because he's quote unquote their starter. But if they're three and zero or two and one with great quarterback play out of Ryan Fitzpatrick, it becomes a very difficult question for them. Yeah, it's it's a quarterback controversy that maybe nobody saw coming, right. and it's a really difficult call. And it kind of seems like you have to make a very stern, fast yeah. decision because if you don't, it's the type of thing that lingers. I mean. Even though the Vikings made it to the NFC Championship game last year, I still think they screwed up because they went Sam Bradford and Teddy Bridgewater and Case Keenum. And while Case Keenum is off to a good start this year, had a solid year last year, I don't believe, and maybe Nick Foles has proved me wrong on this, I don't think Case Keenan can win you a Super Bowl. Yeah. Meanwhile, Teddy Bridgewater, yes, he was coming off a major injury, right. surely wasn't going to be himself right away. I was advocating, and I talked about this on the CartCast last year, he should have been playing a lot late mm-hmm. last year because maybe he's good enough to win you the Super Bowl. If you think that Jameis Winston is good enough to lead you into the playoffs and win a playoff game or two, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is not, then you probably have to go right back to Winston. But if you think Ryan Fitzpatrick can be kind of an Alex Smith-type quarterback, gotten better late in his career, you think you've got really good skill position players around him, you think you've got the infrastructure Is it possible that Ryan Fitzpatrick is as good or better than Jameis Winston? I mean, what can you say about his first two games this year that are negative? And if you look at the bulk of his career, maybe he is okay. What other 2-0 teams are you buying? I know uh, Cincinnati, you know, we mentioned them, and, you know, I don't think anybody really expected them to be in this position. I mean, could they be in a division where they're, they have a chance to seize it? You look at the Panthers' division with New Orleans. Yeah, yeah they're off to a bad start, but there, there's reason to be positive. Atlanta, Carolina, Tampa Bay, like, like all of those teams, there are reasons to kind of like. The division Cincinnati's in, Everyone in their division, there's a reason to kind of not like them. Yeah. I mean, Cleveland probably should be 2-0, and but they're the Cleveland right. Browns. They're 0-1-1. So they're 0-1-1. <laughs> Baltimore beat maybe the worst team in the league, Buffalo, yeah. and then they lose, L- lose at to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah. And, and, and it ended up relatively close, but they were right. getting their butt kicked at halftime. And boy, I mean, the Steelers have been good forever they don't look good. Yeah, no, I mean they're they're all. I mean Cincinnati essentially has a game and a half lead over Pittsburgh and Cleveland. I mean you talk about zero and two teams and two and zero teams, and I understand that Pittsburgh is zero one and one. They play at Tampa Bay Monday night. Yeah. Tampa Bay is a big dog in that game. The Steelers are huge favorites, and the Steelers have to have the game. If you've only watched the first two games of the year. You have to like Tampa Bay. If you've watched football for the last 25 years, you have to like Pittsburgh. Who do you like in that game? I I would go with Tampa Bay right now. I mean, just because they're they're playing well, they got momentum on their side, they're playing with a lot of confidence. So my bearded carcast pick in week one was a winner Baltimore. In week two, they're playing tonight, Seattle. We don't know if I'm gonna be one and one or two and oh going into week three. I've chosen the Raiders in week three, getting three and a half points at Miami. But you're gonna make right now your first bearded carcast play of the year. No, I'm not. And you're gonna take Tampa Bay getting points against Pittsburgh. No, no, I'm not taking that uh, 
as a lock yet because a lot has to happen this week. I need to see some uh, some other things happening. Who do you like in the division? Do you do you think the Panthers at one and one are well positioned despite the fact they keep having offensive linemen get hurt? They do have offensive linemen keep getting hurt. However, uh, Matt Khalil could come back later in the year. You have uh, Daryl Williams definitely out for the year, I think. And then <clears throat> Trey Turner had the concussion. He's in the concussion protocol, so he could be back. Um, I don't think offensive line was the issue in the game yesterday. Uh, to me, you know, Cam Newton still passed for over 300 yards, uh, only sacked twice. Um, he made a lot of good check-down decisions. So I don't think it was the offensive line yesterday. I think the, the, the bigger issue yesterday was the Panthers did not play complementary football. And what I mean by that is the defense – Barely got any pressure on Matt Ryan. Uh, they did have one interception. Uh, Mario Addison did get in and kind of disrupt Matt Ryan a little bit. But for the most part, Matt Ryan had a clean pocket all day. Um, I thought the secondary played well. Now, they did have some injuries. Uh, Cersei uh, with a hamstring. Uh, Vontae Jackson, I think, got hurt too. So the, the defense is what I think we're going to be a little bit more of a concern right now. <clears throat> but the, I think the Panthers, if they can, if that line issue yesterday, the defensive line issue, was just a one game anomaly. They're going to be fine now. If they're not going to be able to get pressure on and win the battle in the trenches, um, they're going to have trouble. What about Atlanta? They they looked pretty good yesterday, and their first game of the year was not an embarrassment, losing to the team that had won the Super right. Bowl. No, no, absolutely. And, and they've got injuries too. They've got injuries too. Um, they had the uh, Beto Smith, I think his name, the the backup running back. Uh, he and Tevin Coleman did a did a really good job against the Panthers, and that was without uh, Devontae Freeman. So now you look at a situation that they already have uh, Julio Jones. Calvin Ridley had his first catch and his first touchdown. Their problem is not on offense. No. But defensively, Deion Jones was out for that yeah, game, right. among Keanu others. Keanu Neal was out, too. And yeah. Two of their top five defenders. Right. So I, I don't know. You you look at where the Atlanta is, and serviceable, solid. Maybe the Panthers are in the same boat. We've talked about Tampa Bay, who is exceeding right. expectations. And New Orleans is the team that should be the class of the... If you go by what they did last year, they should be the class of the division. Right, but, I mean, they can't stop anyone no. right now. Right. I don't really understand, because their defense was serviceable, serviceable last year. Serviceable last year, yeah. And, and, I mean, they got very, very lucky to beat the Cleveland Browns. Well, and Cleveland probably should have won that game. The only team that can lose that game is the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's just... That that's who that franchise is. I mean, a missed extra point, yeah. and, and they they had every opportunity to win, and, and just didn't. Let me ask you this from a can a Panthers perspective. You just talked about kind of their key guys and, and the way the team has lined up, and maybe the defensive line. It's a one game type thing. There are a couple of wide receivers right now. Des Bryant mm. still a free yeah. agent. Josh Gordon in the process of being traded. If you're the Panthers, do you consider one of those two guys? I don't think the Panthers need right now is wide receiver. Uh, the bigger question would be: Would they be in the market for an Eric Reed, um, who's you know yep. still very capable safety, but you know, and maybe he's been blacklisted, or maybe teams. Are and he's just... in the Colin Kaepernick situation. Yeah, he was right. kneeling for the national anthem, hasn't been signed, but a Pro Bowl guy. But it wouldn't. But it wouldn't surprise me, based on what David Tepper said last week. The Panthers' owner, uh, he came out and defended a lot of the players, um, and defending that the their right for free speech, and even went as far as to say, look, these guys are patriotic, and what they're doing in the community is 
you know, very meaningful, and it, it shows that they care about the people in their community and that the, the national anthem. It seems anthem, to me that's the type of move, and I agree completely I with think, you. I mean, if, if, if there's a team that would sign him, to me, I think it would be the Panthers. And he's the type of impact player at a position that they could use. I mean, th- that could be a game-changing yeah. move. What do you think the perception of that would be here in Charlotte? That's tricky because I think you have, you know, Charlotte is very interesting in that Charlotte itself, I think, politically tends to be more center liberal, you know, tends to lean more progressive. Um, But, you know, the Panthers' strategy, particularly this year, has been one team, two states. And, you know, South Carolina, there's there's a lot of places in South Carolina and places in North Carolina that maybe tend to be more conservative. Um, I will say this. I think you will have some people that if they were to sign a player like Eric Reed in that you know category of guys that kneel for the national anthem, I think there would be some fans that would be – it would disrupt some fans' ability to cheer for the team. But if you win, if, but if you win, you win. I, yeah, I think there, I think the winning would probably um, alleviate most of that. But I think there would be some people, um, regardless, that would be – that would probably try to cut ties with the team. Okay, and now not a Panthers situation, but a Josh Gordon, unbelievably talented guy, young guy, has had off-field problems, can't seem to stay on the field, but could be an impact player for someone. If you are the Cowboys in desperate need of a wide receiver, the Cowboys are right. one and one defense looked good last night, good running game, good offensive line, solid quarterback, maybe a wide receiver away from really helping. Right. You didn't want to bring back Des Bryant. There's some politics there. He's a little bit older. Who brings in Josh Gordon? What do you give up for Josh Gordon? Do you have any desire to have Josh Gordon? I think if you're the Cowboys, I think you're going to ride with who you brought to the prom. And That's I, an ugly group. But I know, but, well, and the two guys we talked about, obviously Des Bryant, they've moved on from him. Um, but when you look at uh, Josh Gordon, I think a lot of teams are going to have trouble rectifying whether they can bring him in. And I think Cleveland probably did more than their due diligence. Um, That's not the right word. I think they did as much as they could to try and help him and keep him on the roster. Could it be a more stable situation, a situation with Aaron Rodgers, and they probably don't need a wide receiver, a situation with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, someone that has established that they're successful and you can put him into a system that you believe in that maybe he can can do well in. You know, Josh Gordon is the only one that can answer that, Dave, because teams are going to have to feel comfortable that um, he is okay. And I don't know if if this season is the right time for that. I mean, he may need to just get away. Someone's going to take a shot. But uh, I guess what I'm saying is, but is that if if you're him or if you're advising him, is that what's best for him is to sign with the team right now or is it to maybe go back and make sure, go into a program and, and make sure that, you know, you're really healing and in, in doing what you need to do? I mean, allegedly, and who knows, there hasn't been a relapse in terms of alcohol or drug right. use, but but it may be just be counseling. It may not even be. I'm not, and I'm not suggesting that he's had a relapse. But but sometimes when you go through the recovery process, you know, it's well, he could go the Vontae Davis route and, and just, just start step away. and start start for a half and then walk away. Uh, that that'd be that'd be. I I, I mean, if you're advising him and you're an agent, you're thinking 
you only have so many years to make money. You got to play right. now to sign a bigger contract later. But but I understand what you're saying from more of a holistic standpoint. Like maybe he just needs some time away. But here's the question: Like, what was it? And I don't think the Browns would ever really fully release the answer to this. But what was it about Josh Gordon that they felt like they couldn't move forward with him after all the time they've spent? And and I don't mean financial or investment. Or could it but be that that is a toxic organization where? Guys like Johnny Manziel come and go, and that's just not a healthy place that, to try to possible. get better to start with. Right. I, I, I don't know, but uh, I, I do know someone. By the time people are listening to this, my guess is that Josh Gordon's going to be on some roster, yeah. and we're going to be discussing not whether he can help them, but will he be trying to help them this week? Episode 35 of the Bearded Carcast. We're only, well, we're a little more than halfway through. We haven't quit yet. Well, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> Just walking out. Dave's walking out. Dave Friedman, I am Mike Pacheco. Bearded Carcast at Outlook.com is how you can follow along uh, on email at Bearded Carcast on Twitter. And, you know, two or three weeks, four weeks in now, I guess, for college football. Uh, some interesting games over the weekend. I the know Big Ten is on life support. Oh, man, the Big Ten is struggling right now, right? And how about uh, LSU, LSU and Auburn on Saturday? Now, I um, What's the opposite of life support? Because the SEC, and particularly the SEC yeah. West, looks stout. I mean, y- you could argue that three of the teams that should go to the playoff right now, and now they'll beat up on each other, mm-hmm. are, are all SEC teams. I mean, Georgia, Alabama, LSU all look Really, really good. And Auburn, by the way, plays a pretty tight game, losing to LSU yeah. and beat Washington. It seems to me of the big wins non-conference through three weeks, the SEC has virtually all of them. Yeah, the SEC, and you know, traditionally been tough. But you look at, you know, Ohio State said they're obviously without Urban Meyer, and I know uh, Ryan Day's a you know a good young assistant coach. Um, but I, Ohio State is holding the flag, essentially, and Clemson for everyone else in the country other than the SEC. And Ohio State more or less had two buys, looked impressive, yeah. beating bad teams. And then they were good against TCU. Now, that was a close game for maybe two and a half yeah. quarters. And then in the snap of a fingers, boom, Ohio State just puts them away. And that, yeah. that's impressive. Gary Patterson's a really, really good coach. Right. And TCU has a very solid program. Ohio State looks really good, but there is no room for error. Wait, so, so going back to our uh, debate about Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, if if Ohio State after the uh, after the uh, Urban Meyer suspension undefeated, do they go back to Urban Meyer or do they? Keep <laughs> <Ryan>? <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to go back. I think so. they'll. Yeah, I think I, they'll go back. It, yeah. it feels to me like they're going to go back to. But Urban but Ryan Meyer. Day may have earned himself a job. Oh, no at question. a big Power Five school. No, a hundred percent. I mean, he did. He did a very nice job. Again, two essential buys. And Urban Meyer is with the team during the week, just not on the game day. But they did what they had to do, and they looked good against TCU Saturday night. But no room for error because the rest of the conference, I mean, Wisconsin loses to BYU, and that was a quote-unquote good loss in a league where Kansas 
beat Rutgers by 41 yeah. points. That's the same Kansas program that the professor was talking about getting rid getting of, rid of yeah. a couple weeks ago. Temple 35, Maryland 14, embarrassing. Troy got paid over a million dollars to yeah, beat Nebraska, Nebraska. 24-19. Yeah. It is ugly, ugly, ugly. Well, in the USF beat Illinois. Not, Ak- not that we expected Illinois. Akron beat but, Northwestern. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was a bad week in the Big Ten. I think I read something like it was the first non-conference week where seven or eight Big Ten teams had lost in like 50 years. Yeah. I, they, so, like, if Ohio State loses again, that's it. No one in the Big Ten goes. I guess maybe Penn State could still go undefeated, but the yeah. strength of... The league is so atrocious. Like, there, there's no margin for error, and there's no way to know between now and the end of the year how good those teams are. So take Ohio State, measure them against a solid, not spectacular TCU team, and that's the team we're going to talk about in the playoff if they are able to go the rest of the way undefeated. Meanwhile, in the SEC, all of those teams, I mean, what can you say about Alabama? Yeah, I understand Ole Miss might not be that good. Same thing that we said in the last couple of weeks about their opponents. But these are credible Power 5 type teams, and they're just drubbing them. I mean, they only outscored Ole Miss 62 nothing after trailing 7 nothing <laughs> in the game. And LSU, twice now, they beat Miami. I thought maybe that was a fluke. They go to Auburn, and they beat Auburn. That's the same Auburn team that beat Washington even Vanderbilt, who's one of the middling teams right. in that but league, respectable plays against a Notre good Dame. game against Notre Dame. I, I am really impressed by that league right now, particularly the Western Division. I mean, I understand that Tennessee fans uh, did not show up in great droves to mm. watch their bad volunteer right. program beat UTEP. There, there was a great line by Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports that people that were evacuating the, the hurricane that Tennessee fans <laughs> yeah. gave Tennessee gave free tickets to, and he has said, why would you do that to people already in, in <laughs> such peril? Like, like, do they really need more bad news? They have to watch Tennessee play UTEP, but... The SEC looks strong. The Big Ten looks weak. And, and other than that, you kind of have Clemson, yep. Oklahoma, and Ohio State. I, I don't think we're down to five teams or six teams that, that can win at all, but I'm not seeing – I mean, the Pac-12 is a disaster. USC looks terrible. We'll see a little bit if Oregon's worth, a, yeah. worth anything when they play Stanford this week, but – that league doesn't look good. Well, you want to talk about disaster? How about Florida State? And no disrespect to your alma mater, Syracuse, dropping them thirty to seven. But the buyout's twenty million. There are multiple people trying to raise money, Jeez. fans trying to yeah. raise money to buy out a guy who's coached three or four <laughs> games. I mean, not only does Florida State look bad, they look uninterested. Right. They look poorly coached they look unorganized i watched a lot of that game on saturday i i mean it was embarrassing that's an embarrassing game for florida state and the fact that syracuse and their fans are excited about beating a team that barely beat a non-d1 squad last week i mean that looks like a florida state team on their way to going i don't know three and nine or two and ten or something Remember, their coach has a under 500 record, I think. Yeah. Uh, boy, I mean, you got to give them a couple of years, but th- that's, that is looking bad. And what, that's what's interesting with the ACC, because Clemson right now looks like, unless 
they stub their toe. Now BC's in their division. Maybe Virginia Tech. Maybe Virginia Tech. Um, you know, North Carolina's a disaster. Uh, you know, it. it Good uh, thing they had that game canceled because they were going to get their <laughs> butt kicked. Well, and the Blue Devils. I mean, they're three and zero. They're three and zero. It just doesn't seem like anyone can compete with. Clemson and and no. Dabo Sweeney has put together a program very very right. respectable. It is possible though, possible they could be in the same boat as Ohio State. Yeah. Whereas if they lose once, they don't make it because the strength of the conference right. isn't good enough. But at least I mean, if you watched BC and Wake Forest, yeah, there was no defense played yeah. in the game Thursday, but at least they played an entertaining game, and at least both offenses are pretty good. Both teams look like they're fairly well coached. Like yeah, yeah the defenses are behind the offenses, but at least the ACC, just like BC Wake Forest, not a marquee game, but but a, a, an exciting kind of fun game to watch. I'm not sure you can say that in the Pac-12 or the Big Ten if you don't have the best teams playing. Yes, any game Penn State or Ohio State plays is a is a big yeah. game. And maybe at least for the next month, if Stanford's playing in a game or Oregon's playing in a game, you can you can call it a big game. But th there are a lot of games that if you gave me free tickets to, I'd go, yeah, I mean, if I've got nothing else going on, maybe, but not real excited about. We covered the college football side. I know you wanted to get into boxing before we um Well, let's ask this question. Yeah. Have at any point in your life, have you been a boxing fan? I was a boxing fan in my teens uh, and... And in college, we would get the pay-per-views. I was a big Marvin Hagler fan, yeah. marvelous Marvin Hagler. So you, Love you Sugar have Ray it Leonard. in you. You have it in you to like boxing. I haven't liked boxing in ten years. Why? I don't. To, for me, there's just been no compelling stories. There's no boxers that I can feel like I identify with. I disagree with you, and here's why. I think the reason you don't watch is you don't have access to the fights. If you watch Triple G and Canelo fight yeah. on Saturday and night, they play, they fight at a very high level. Now, I am totally opposed to pay-per-view. This is 2018. Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods on pay-per-view, there's no freaking chance. But you can get them all for free. You just open your Periscope app yeah. or go on Facebook Live. You can find all of these fights. And I've never been like a huge boxing guy. But a big event, whether, you know, I'm a horse racing guy. Mm -hmm. I don't expect that you watch horse racing on random Tuesdays or either <laughs> random Saturdays. Right. But I expect the Kentucky Derby, you're going to tune in for 10 minutes. Yeah. Same thing with maybe the, the Belmont if there's a Triple Crown. Boxing for me, one or two, three fights a year, if they're really big fights, if I'm available, I'll open up the app, I'll stream it for free. Yeah. And that's what I did Saturday night. And those guys fight at a very high level. The, the level of talent is high. They are strategic. They can take a blow. I mean, it was a terrific bout. The problem is the outcome. This has been my problem with boxing right. forever. Nicole and I went to the Olympics. I, I thought it was fantastic. And it was a no-brainer when we went that Team USA was the best in gymnastics. But sports that are judged, by definition, there is some subjectivity yeah. too. And I thought, and I am not a boxing expert, the wrong guy was awarded the win yeah. in the fight. And the same thing happened the first time those two dudes fought. I don't think you can be a sport if there's judging. Right. It's got to be a You have to have a more legitimate outcome. I mean, or at least feel that the outcome is legitimate. Right. I, like, And whether it's fixed or not, and I suspect it's not, but I have no idea. And they're going to fight a third time because there's so much money right, involved right. in it. And they're both really good and they're entertaining fights. But like... 
when you watch the Olympics and you watch ice skating or you watch figure skating or you watch gymnastics or you watch a boxing match that goes to the scorecards, how can you call that a legitimate sport? You, it's who gets to the finish line first, who scores the most right. points. Now, maybe there's a way. I don't know how you do well, it. Well, it's in barbaric boxing. if you just say keep going until you beat the crap out of somebody. And may, maybe there's some sort of uh, compu box way right. you get a point for a, a power blow and you get this for a jab. Like maybe there's some right. sort of way you can total it up. But so like, have some sort of AI, like artificial intelligence robot scoring? Maybe. I, I just. Oh, I, or maybe just call it a draw if no one knocks each other out. That seems to take away from the science of the sport and the yeah. strategy of the sport. But, like, it, it's so hard to get involved and get dedicated and get into something when you're not sure if there's going to be a legitimate outcome at the end. No, no doubt about it. I think that's, I mean, that's been the really the big knock on boxing, and I think that's why um, that and your access, I think, have been the big well, but the access thing seems to me that, like, that can be fixed. Like, well, I mean, remember, that used to be, and I think they still do it, but, uh, you know, Showtime and HBO used to have them on, like, all the time. Right. And isn't it possible, and I don't know what the dollars and cents are. Maybe I'm just completely wrong on this. And ESPN, I think, has had a if, card. If you took the best of it. the best right. boxing matches, I, I just heard... Uh, TCU could have played that game Saturday night against Ohio State at home. They took $5 million to play it at the Cowboys Cowboy Stadium State, or wh yeah. wherever it was right. played. And I understand that the best boxers are making 40 or $50 million a fight, and I think for one or two guys it might be even more than that. But if you put that fight on regular television— you're going to get a ton of money from whatever network right. televises it. You're also going to get a ton of money from all the people that play commercials in between right. rounds. It, are you going to lose that much money? Is it not worth it for the future of the sport and, and for the individual boxers? Like Floyd Mayweather makes a zillion dollars. I get that. And he sells his Floyd gear. Yeah. But if Floyd Mayweather could sell his gear to an audience 10 times the size yeah. because they're all looking at his logo and they're following it and they get it on regular TV, doesn't he have the opportunity to recoup what he's lost by by not having it on pay-per-view? And what the interesting thing is, and that's the direct opposite of what internet and sports content, because people aren't paying for that. They're, 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 right. You know, it, it's, it's killed the newspaper business. I mean, we'll see about the Big South Network this year. Winter yeah. basketball games have aired for free online for, I don't know, six or eight or ten years yeah. or something like that. And now it's going to be the ESPN Plus deal, right. which is like five bucks a month. Yeah. My guess is the numbers are going to go down dramatically, the number of people watching. Potentially. I mean, you may also have more people that um, – it, it may be one of those deals where bec because people are paying the five dollars for something else, they might they might scan that. along and say, "Oh, here's uh, here's uh, Winthrop, Kentucky." Well, we wouldn't have that because that that wouldn't be a, that'd be a Kentucky game. No, it's Winthrop, Winthrop and High Point or Winthrop, Winthrop and, and High Point. Or, yeah, right. I, I mean, it seems to me free people like that have any sort of remote interest. Oh, my cousin played basketball with that kid in high school. Sure. Let me tune in. It's five bucks. Well, the, yeah, but, I'm good. Right. No, but the flip side of that is. You might say, yeah, you know, I have a cousin that plays at Winthrop or my, my, my grandson plays at Winthrop. Yeah, I'll pay the five bucks to do that. The question is, is the guy plunking down 15 bucks to try to cover a spread paying $5 additionally to watch the game? That's the question. Yeah, probably not.
<laughs> All right, that'll do it for us here on the Bearded Carcast. Make sure you follow along on Twitter and Instagram at Bearded Carcast. Week three, I've got the Raiders, yeah. you've got the Buccaneers. Okay, I'll take that one. Bearded Carcast at Outlook.com is how you get us on email. Talk to you next week.